scatters. Box scatters. Box Hello and welcome to Box Cutters, episode 261. It's all about Courtney's toe. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Courtney Hocking. Oh, yeah. Hi. 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 It's good to be here. It's good to have you here, torso and all. <laughs> oh, and also your sore toe. And also my sore toe. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Nice. Yeah, you like that? Yes. You like that? It's a... Yeah, it's a, just an anatomical spoonerism. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> ladies. Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. I think I said your name earlier, but we were both distracted. And ladies. We were, <laughs> <laughs> we were both distracted by Courtney's torso. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> it's not International Women's Day anymore. <laughs> so we just can't look at International Women's Day. It's a lovely, it's a lovely can't look at my International Girls. <laughs> uh, this uh, been everywhere. <laughs> this episode of Box Cutters. Is already going downhill. You know, you know what might uh, bring up the uh, the tone a little bit. Uh, some aircon. Mm. No, that would just reduce the stench. The um, the what what might bring up the tone a, a little bit is uh, Sophie from Canada has done oh. us a little piece. She always brings the tone up. She, she does. She does bring the tone up. She's uh, remember a, a while back there was discussion about. Uh, not enough disabled actors playing actually disabled characters yes. on TV. So it was all about Glee. It was. It was wow. mostly. It was mostly about Glee. A mm. uh, little bit about our show. Because uh, you're always playing the disabled guy. I'm totally wheeling around on a chair as we speak. But we don't <laughs> make a big deal out of it. It's no, not like it's, it's part not of what it, character. It's not what defines you. No, it's just an office chair. That's right. Sometimes I do hit the hit the lever with my calf. My giant calf. You do. And, uh, and then my chair falls. That's because you can't sit in a chair properly. I can't. I don't know how to sit in a chair. Uh, anyway, so Sophie's done us a little piece about uh, disabled characters and actors on television. Uh, she has a unique... Unique, unique New York. Unique New York. She unique has a new... York. Y- <laughs> and... She has... It's distinctive, isn't it, Josh? And it is, she has a unique... Isn't it and unique? No, no, I don't know her. <laughs> Sophie has a unique New York view on this, uh, being from Canada, which is near New York, uh, and uh, and also she uh, she she does get around with uh, disabled gear. Mm. That's the technical term. Not a, not in a comedic way. Not in a comedic way. Not in disabled no. gear. No. No. Okay. No. Uh, and uh, and she's also, I think, still only fourteen. I think she, I think she's been fourteen for at least three years, but. In my mind, she's still... Anyway, excellent piece that she's a little, little opinion piece. So we'll have that coming through. Hopefully that will raise the tone of the show. Uh, if not, we've got Mark Fennell calling in. Indeed. Uh, that won't raise the tone of the show, but you will fa- find out all about Hungry Beast Season 3. It's back. It just snuck up. I know. <sighs> like a like a ninja. Like a tiger. Like a... Monster ninja tiger. Scary man in an alley. <laughs> Uh, what what else have we got? I've got a, I've got a Ray watch, uh, which is my own fault because <laughs> I go to the gym first thing in the morning and they have the Today Show. You crazy? Uh, so that's going to come up later on in the show. Toby Halligan's going to do his uh, his trotters. They're rocking trotters, rocking back and forth trotters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and and what else, Brett? Are, are, we, are we talking about something we might have missed? They're, 
No. 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 Right. No. 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 I was. I was going to. You know, things. Things. Things we may have missed. Time to prepare for the show. There's. There's been some amazingly heartwarming <gasps> generosity. Mm. Yes. There's been some uh, emails. Some emails to box cutters. We're going to talk, talk about that later mm. on in the show as well. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. You know, people can tell the difference between a tape and you just going. <laughs> no, I just. No, I, only I sound so mechanical. No, no, really. He's, he, sometimes he thinks he can dance like a robot too. It just doesn't work. Brett Cropper, you've brought a whole bunch of news I to have, the show this week. Yep. What, uh, what, what have What have you got for us? What's first in your uh, glad bag well, of uh, of things going on in the world of TV? Let's kick it off with the one I've got open in this tab. Uh, we mentioned uh, last week or the week before that uh, News Corp had bought Shine. Uh, yes. The production company owned by uh, Rupert Murdoch's daughter, yes. uh, Elizabeth, uh, for uh, approximately uh, $675 million US. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it seems that uh, that he didn't really ask the people at News Corp if, uh, if that was okay, if the price was okay. And uh, apparently uh, it's looking like he's going to be sued uh, for... Uh, basically using News Corp's money for nepotism. Um, oh. So uh, so buying her company so that she can come back into the fold. Uh, are, are you not allowed to do that? Do shareholders frown on that? Well, it, it's better to, you know, News Corp's, it, it's a big, uh, does it, is it classified as blue chip stock? Um, it's it's definitely a, a well-known stock that's uh, bringing in lots of returns, and so you get a lot of these superannuation uh, uh, portfolios oh, that are investing in it. Right. Right. Mum and pop investors. And so they need uh, what well, well, all of our super. Mm, uh, this indeed. is this is why we can't do anything that's uh, going to upset the the uh, markets around the world anymore, because uh, it means that we won't have any superannuation left. All so corporations have got to be able to do yeah, whatever they yeah, want to do in the seven different superannuation accounts gradually dwindling to nothing. <laughs> but don't you think that uh, Rupert Murdoch just wouldn't give a stuff? Like, he'd just go, well, to be honest, bringing her back into the fold is more important to me than however much you're going to sue me for, however much anyone's going to bitch and moan, however much anything really happens. Don't you think? I, I actually don't think Rupert Murdoch makes any decision emotionally. Like, I, it, mm, I, I, think, I think he makes... You think he's a robot? Yeah, I think he is a robot. Mm. I think I think he's a lot like Data from mm. uh, fr- from Star Trek: Next Generation. I wish he was more like Data Rock, the band. <laughs> <laughs> They're awesome. Anyway, anyway, uh, the uh, I, I think I think every business decision he makes is is about making money, and I think buying Shine is going to prove to be a much more profitable. Venture than buying, say, I don't know, MySpace. And sure, he he can buy Shine, and and the, apparently they're getting ready to to sell off MySpace if anybody wants to buy it. I've got <laughs> I, I've got twenty eight dollars in my super. I can buy it with. You yeah. might get it for that. Um, but uh, so so it's not an issue that buying Shine is or may have been a good investment, but the price. 
<laughs> just haggling over the price. So no, you know, <laughs> we know what you are. We're just haggling over the price. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so so the, uh, the the stock owners aren't happy with this. Uh, so it's come from your uh, superannuation uh, bodies. There's in in the lawsuit. It it actually quotes. In short, Murdoch is causing News Corp to pay six hundred seventy-five million dollars US for nepotism, and that was filed overnight in Delaware's Chancery Court. It's it sounds. It sounds like just too much whinging to me because Shine has a lot of great product. $675 million US worth? Uh, at, your, at your immediate estimate? Well, considering that... Uh, Come on, all of Channel 9 was for Bill. Considering that Charlie Sheen was getting $3 million an episode. So how many episodes? What is that? How many episodes of Two and a Half Men is Shine worth? Uh, I think I think uh, come on anyone I, I think it's I think it's worth I think it's worth probably at least 150 at least 150 episodes of uh, of two and a half men there you go happy days uh, repeats so, forever yeah happy days does repeat forever <laughs> it just goes on and on and on they never take that show off sorry I was just thinking about happy days yeah they were all happy days <laughs> uh, Fronzi and Leather Tuscadero almost got married the other day oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no no Pinky Pinky Tuscadero Pinky yes yes Pinky wasn't she in Don't, Greece the one not was she the Susie beauty Quattro. school one no no that's Frenchie they're all the same to me <laughs> anyway what else <laughs> what else we got all those women look alike to Courtney pink hair uh, the, uh, the, the next thing uh, Brett now let me get this straight Larry King the, uh, the 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 man who long term uh, late night talk show host and consultant on walking with dinosaurs because he remembers them so well. <laughs> He's very old. His face uh, is made from their skin. What are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> My nose is pterodactyl. Uh, he, he's going to be on the Daily Show as a correspondent. Uh, yes, it, uh, it it would seem that uh, this is the case that uh, he's to make his TV comeback, having just uh, retired from CNN's uh, late night chat show, to be a contributor on John Stewart's uh, Daily Show on Comedy Central. Uh, now, so so they're is, not. What's talking the, is he going to be the incontinence actually, reporter or? I'm just, making, media mogul I'm just making horrible, horrible old person jokes now. Uh, the Daily Show's senior Skeletor correspondent, <laughs> I, I believe it might Sorry. be. Uh, uh, when, uh, as he was going through the process of leaving CNN, uh, people at Comedy Central actually declared there's not enough Larry on TV and uh, so they want to bring him back. I like it how how this report said that uh, only a single conversation's happened, and it's uh, but he's going around telling everyone that it's all on. <laughs> you know, yeah. such a rookie mistake. It's it really it is. is. You know, just desperate to get in the game at any price. He just wants to be on TV. The thing is, though, he's not he's not going around saying, "Hey, I'm going to be on the Daily Show." He's uh, he's going around going, "I'm, I'm going to be on that show that's on uh, every every night." Uh, Johnny Carson. <laughs> So, but they they do uh, take pains to uh, de- distinguish between uh, what they're talking about mm. him coming in and doing, which is being a contributor, rather than being a correspondent on the show, which is uh, a, a bit more of a regular part. What, what do they mean by contributor? What does a contributor uh, do? You know, special guest uh, contributions. Right. Right. Uh, there's no. There's it's no talk. Funny. Is, in, it, uh, is he doing the, some sketches? Well, because the Daily Show has gotten less funny over time. 
It's become a, a lot more of John Stewart just ranting and a lot less of John Oliver doing hilarious things. John Oliver, mm-hmm. he's great. He, he is. is. So is Samantha B. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. They're all great, and they're doing less and less on the Daily Show, and I don't like it. Typical. Typical of that sort of show. Yeah. They get all caught up in the host. Well, and then yeah, and then the immigrants and the women just fall, fall by the way. Fall by the way? Yeah. I don't know so if you guys saw hard. it, but uh, Dateline last year covered uh, the, the rally to restore sanity, mm. um, and there was some questioning about exactly what Jon Stewart was doing and asking the question, is he actually getting into a position where he can run for a, for a political uh, position somewhere. What, so using the Daily Show, like using a daily comedy show well, not, as a platform? To not that he's beginning. just using it for that, but he's been such a, an outspoken critic no, of, no, of where the US media and right wing have gone over the years. ostensibly supposed to do is exactly what that is. Do you know what I mean? Just Because, because you, you have, can't have right wing comedians? Well, no one comes well, to their shows when you do it, but that's just me. Richard um, Lewis. Hey? Who? Richard, it's Richard Lewis? Is that his name? Richard... don't know Richard Lewis. Richard... Uh, uh, P.J. O'Rourke, but he's more... No, he's not, not a comedian. A uh, no. so I'll, find, I'll find this guy's name. Hang anyway, on. but that's, that's exactly what you know a good political comedian does, and you can't mistake someone having a genuine interest and opinion about all of that sort of thing for... Yeah, but comedians don't organise massive rallies. So they, Sorry, when when I, I said Richard know. Lewis, I meant Richard Lewis. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Richard Lewis. I From mean, uh, just being Richard Lewis. Who is he? Is he a redneck he's a, uh, Republican? No, 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 no. He's, he actually... a, he's he's a, he's a comedian. I'll show you pictures of him. You'll, you'll recognise him. Okay. Uh, when uh, when when you see probably him. can't see him on the ray on the you know yeah no hold it up to the camera for the video a, podcast there's no video there. podcast I'm just holding it up for the he two of like you he looks like he's pretending to be a magician he doesn't look like a comedian to me and uh, and and I'll yes, put I'll put, I'll put I'll put a picture up on the he, put uh, the one with his hands in he looks like a magician <laughs> looks a little bit like Munch like he's, a younger Munch oh you know what you you might remember him if you enjoyed uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm which I didn't. No. Uh, but he was uh, one of Larry David's uh, better friends on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He looks like he's um, had his photos done by James Penn Ladies. That's the only reason I believe he's a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very much a Melvin joke. <laughs> Sorry, everyone very, else. <laughs> very much a Melvin joke. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Richard Lewis uh, was doing quite a lot of right-wing uh, com- comedy stuff. That was my point. But uh, we've moved on. My point so is that, that I did be... a right-wing political comedy show in the Comedy Festival a couple of years back. No one comes. Right. Right. Well, maybe... Uh, they didn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah maybe. yeah, maybe they didn't think you were genuine. Because I'm sure there are heaps of Herald Sun readers who, invited, would, love to, who in- would love to go, yes! Because that's also... That's right-wing audiences don't, don't say, ha, 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 ha. They just go, yes! That's true. I invited Andrew Bolt and he wrote back and said... He felt that I was mocking him, and no. But best of luck with my career. Were you? No. Well, yes. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah. See, he, he knows what's going on. So, anyway. so possibly that's where uh, the Daily Show is going, and why it's not so much about uh, planning gotcha interviews. I don't. And, I just don't uh, believe it. And and maybe maybe it needs uh, to be able to get the the kind of heavyweights political interviews that he's getting mm. is. That it needs to be a little bit more straight. Uh, I don't, uh, more Samantha B, less Obama. <laughs> I, I think it's just it's it's that. But simple. is that just it's, because Obama was so much promise and then no, it's let it's down? because it's because Samantha B 
is hilarious. John Oliver She's is great. hilarious. Mm-hmm. R- Robert is hilarious. Those those people. Kristen Charles. Kristen Charles. Kristen um, Charles. She's a horse, right? The these people make the show funny. Rob Riggle. But don't you think? I reckon. I think. I just don't see the. There's a conspiracy behind this. If I was. If I cre- created the Daily Show and I was hosting it, and then eventually it went really well, and eventually you got to interview the President of the United States, I would definitely be bumping people. Do you know what I mean? Lesser known comedians to do that interview because you have built up that power to then have that opportunity at the at the cost of the quality of the show overall, though. But I don't think they would see it that way. I think they would see it as. You know, increasing increasing the value of the show I by having these political guests on, and I do believe that that's where John Stewart's well, true passion's at. Like, yeah. is is good at being funny mm. in expressing, mm. you know, is is uh, is disgusted at, at uh, what the right wing and Tea Party kind of do in the states, mm. uh, and and you know, exposing those that uh, ought to be exposed uh, for for their kind of. Corruptible kind of ways. Who was that? Who was that guy that uh, the the black senator who wasn't apologising and he, he had the shot on the banana lounge? You're not following me. <laughs> no, no. But can you show us a photo of him looking it, like a magician? Because I think that's going to get us on yeah. board. Yes, I could do that. Yeah. Is it Richard Lewis in blackface? Uh, yes, it is. Anyway, moving on, Channel 7, uh, we <laughs> have Channel 7 and Channel 10, uh, we've got a bit of a stash going on, uh, Channel 10, well, well specifically uh, Lachlan Murdoch, uh, headhunted, stole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as I believe as they call it in the industry. <laughs> James Warburton, um, who has been working at Channel 7, this was all about uh, the falling out between Murdoch and James Packer, because there had been a gentleman's agreement between Packer and uh, Kerry Stokes about uh, I'm not going to poach anybody that's working for you. Um, Channel 7 are going to do everything they possibly can to hold this up and they are claiming that Warburton's not actually, uh, according to his contract, allowed to uh, go and work for Channel 10 until October of 2012. Mm. Uh, So this is heading to the Supreme Court's and uh, as part of this, and uh, and people may have fun, fond uh, memories of the last time we heard TV and affidavits brought together. Uh, this was where we got the term boned from. Uh-huh. Uh, Apparently, James Warburton has prepared a detailed 30-plus page affidavit to be tendered as part of his Supreme Court defence, which uh, will probably be full of rather embarrassing details to Channel 7. That's Um, So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they actually uh, pursue it and and, uh, lock him out of uh, working for Channel 10 until October 2012, uh, going through all of the... uh, Yeah, all the... The possible shenanigans that could come and out of that. Yep. Thanks so much to Ben Harris Roxas for sending that, mm. bring that that to, to our attention. And with that, is the box cutters news. Hi, I'm really lucky to be the guest of these funny, gorgeous, sexy, hunky men. This is Peter Moon, and you're listening to Box Cutters. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, and 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 with that very exciting Peter Moon ID, and, and, uh, Peter Moon did like fifty of those. 
He, he did fifty of those, Brett, and he's got uh, a donkey dick. He's, he did a donkey. He's, he's done. He's, he's done heaps of them. I don't yeah. think we've even, I've we've even get gone that through those. Uh, it's it's my absolute pleasure now to welcome to the box cutters telephone the very sleep deprived but excited Mark Fennell, who uh, who stars in the new and surprise series of Hungry Beast that Yay. comes up next week. Yay! Sorry, I was, uh, I was making up for the lack of audience cheer. I'm never. S- <laughs> Hi guys, how are you? Good, Mark. I never uh, stopped believing that you guys would one day be back. <laughs> so did we. Well, it's funny because we had a fairly good sense that it would be back from about the second half of last year. We had a pretty good sense that it would be back, but it was kind of this up in the air thing where everybody would kind of come up to you and kind of in hushed tones go, "So have you heard back about Hungry Beast season three? And I'm like. Yeah, we're pretty much coming back. <laughs> oh, really? That's nice. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Do you think it's because they had to wait until there was at least 20 letters into the green guy that said, come on, auntie? <laughs> uh, it's interesting because, I mean, it's obviously kind of a divisive show, and I get that. I do. Um, but uh, the people that liked it liked it intensely. And, uh, I mean, it may, look, it's one of those things where when you work on a show, obviously you are more... Uh, you are more exposed to the people that do like it, and because we're quite um, we're quite forthcoming with our social media presences, let's just put it, because we've got the the show's Facebook and the show's Twitter, and people do make a point of getting in contact and talking about us. And it was actually weirdly, it was on YouTube that the show probably made its most sense. Like the last two seasons of the show, very much were because the show was kind of constructed out of a lot of little different stories that actually when you put them together was quite confusing. However, mm-hmm. when you separated them out into individual stories on YouTube, it made tons of sense and the audience mm-hmm. lapped up and, you know, we had uh, one of our, one of the sketches uh, Lewis Hover and I wrote last year, which was a, a piss take on Avatar, it ended up getting six or seven million hits online, becoming probably one of the most one of the more watched bits of Australian TV, just not watched on TV in the end. So in that sense, like, it, the show kind of blossomed online, and it was really interesting to see that happen with the show off air, and then seeing people, like, people who work in TV just going, oh, that show's never coming back. Mm-hmm. The people online were just like, yes, please, come back, please, mm-hmm. come back. And, and so we are. We are back. Back, so I tell you. Is, is, it, is it the ABC or Zapruders that, that puts it up on... Uh, on YouTube? Uh, it's kind of a deal between the two. Like, we, we actually uploaded us uh, in, in the Zapruder's office. So it's an official channel, though? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely an official channel. And have you, have you got ads on it? Uh, I believe... Uh, I believe it does, actually. I believe it does. I could be wrong. Actually, you know what? No. The new on ABC <laughs> TV one, because uh, there's a couple of different channels, there's the new on ABC TV, Entertainment on ABC TV, uh, which isn't an oversell at all, uh, <laughs> they, they all have ads on it. I believe the ABC Hungry Beast one uh, does not, I believe. I could be wrong on, the, on, on all that, though. Right, because that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a, a, a large revenue-sharing model that you could be focusing yeah, well, on. Because well, I, I know that Denton doesn't pay you and the ABC don't pay you, so... I'm only doing this because you're paying me. You're paying me, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm totally uh, paying you. So... <laughs> compliments. Compliments. Paying me compliments. Paying no. you compliments. Uh, so, the last... Uh, the, the second season of Hungry Beast was quite different to the first season of Hungry Beast. I'm guessing that the third season will also be different. How will it be different, though? Because I can't wait to find out. I, I actually just can't wait. I'm an impatient person. I want to know now so that when it happens, I can say, hmm, yes, different. So <laughs> that coming. It will be different. Uh, it will be better, I reckon. Um, and I know I'm kind of obliged to say that. 
but I do actually think it'll be better. Uh, it will. The, what we're doing with each episode is we're actually going to theme every episode, uh, which was an idea that was floated very early, and it kind of seemed right to do it now. Uh, so the idea is each episode takes a word, and so the opening episode is kind of secrets. And the idea is everybody, because you know everybody on the show comes at it from a slightly different angle, and it's almost like a little bit of a competition. Not that you feel it in the show as a competition, but uh, everybody runs at it in a completely different way. So a diff- different reading of the term uh, secrets. And so what you get is you still get that mix of sometimes uh, funny, sometimes serious, sometimes cry, damn it, cry. Uh, but uh, it, it at least it's bound together by that one idea. And, it, and I tend to think of it more as a, a magazine than a TV show. You know how you open up a magazine and they'll have issues dedicated to an idea, but they still maintain, you know, different feature stories that run at it different ways and different they change their regular columns or segments to reflect that mm. it's similar to that that uh, that idea and we're going to do that for each of the 12 episodes and that was the other thing we've expanded from 10 episodes to 12 episodes this year how are you going to fill those extra two episodes is it just going to be bloopers pretty much that's my thinking on it uh, no look the show is packed like we've actually had to i don't know if this is official yet but the opening episode has actually been expanded from 26 minutes to 28 minutes because we've just got so much stuff I you know, heard it here first I know, dramatic right uh, I believe that's official. I could be wrong there. I'm going to say that a lot today. I could be wrong. It's entirely possible. I'm just making this shit well, it's, up. It's slated for 9.31 to 10.01. So you're impeaching on uh, on the movie shows, uh, or, uh, Margaret and David. Oh, uh, not Margaret and David. Life, lifelong dream, that one. <laughs> um, no, look, uh, it, yeah, it, it is an unbelievably packed show. And look, even though we've got less people working on the show this year, we kind Again? of... Again? Yeah, well, well, no, no, no. The last season... It was the same number of people who worked on the show. It would, they just uh, limited the hosting down to Dan, Nick, Mon and Kirsten. Mm-hmm. Every, like, everybody still filed stories and whatnot. This year, uh, a couple of people went off to do some other things. and um, It's just you wearing a wig, right? You're kidding? Wigged comedy is my forte, okay? <laughs> if it worked for Ben Elton, it'll work for me. Oh, wait. <laughs> Um, so you a bigger laugh on the one. Really <laughs> <was>. <laughs> Who's uh, so too soon? Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> who's not? Uh, who's who's not in it? Can can I now speak honestly about them? Uh, sure, sure. I may not be able to respond honestly, but you are more than welcome to do that. Uh, the uh, Kieran Ricketts uh, has gone off to work for News Twenty Four, as well as Jessica Mendes. Oh, uh, excellent. Work for News 24. Uh, Christopher Lieben, young guy Chris Lieben, is doing some stuff online. That is uh, his thing. Uh, what else is there? Uh, Dan Keogh, uh, who was known for the, the big tall hair, he's, uh, he's actually touring a science show at the moment. He went on to work on the ABC uh, Radio National Science Show, and now he's touring a kind of a, a science comedy show at the moment, which is apparently really good. I haven't actually had a chance to see it yet, but people tell me he's excellent. Go see him. Is that... Uh, uh, is, is, is it, um Big hair, bell-bottom pants. Bingo, that's the one. Oh, yeah, he's excellent. Yeah, he, he's really, really good, and he's doing that. And I I suspect it won't be too long before you see him doing other stuff on TV. And uh, who else? Uh, one of our graphic designers uh, moved to Fiji because oh. his uh, wife uh, is, is working over there. So, like, it, Do, has that has that affected the the excellence of the graphics? No, that... no, it hasn't. We've uh, the gra- like again. What was the interesting thing was we had a year where obviously the show wasn't on air, and it was really interesting to see what people really did respond to. And obviously, the graphics was you know a very big part of that. So, the graphics is a key part of the show. And what we've done with the new series is uh, the comedy has been kind of uh, sliced into shape a little bit more so the comedy is going to be a little bit more pointed uh and a little bit kind of like a tight it's going to be shorter jabs of comedy as opposed to longer elements i think that's good yeah i I think so too um 
I don't believe... Uh, I should say now, for those of you that the miss of... I believe Miss Victoria Dynamite shall not be returning this season. However, Veronica Milsom uh, will be. She's doing... She's kind of taking the opportunity to do lots of different characters because uh, she actually has got an amazing range. It's not just uh, Victoria Dynamite and Lady Gaga. She's got more. Uh, and she'll be showing a bit of that this season as well. I feel uh, like a press release, don't I? You, you, you do. <laughs> do this is, but this is the point where I say Victoria Dynamite was my least favourite. And by least favourite, I mean groaned every single time I saw it's it. Very it's diffi- just, very difficult it's... to do that sort of thing, though, like to r- bring back the same character. Like there's sort of a, some kind of comfort in going, oh, we're going to have this ongoing character and we can, ad- you know, it can address different things. But in a lot of ways, it's very easy to be stale with that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, I think it was also an issue for Veronica, who actually... Does I mean, there's a certain amount of airtime assigned to it each week, and she's actually got a lot of range, and she's been doing, like, she did a bunch of radio here on Triple J. Uh, I'm actually talking to you from the Triple J studios right now. Uh, she did a bunch of radio on Triple J earlier this year, and she's got a lot of different things she can do, and having to service that character every week was could yeah. be quite limiting, and so it's also an opportunity to kind of show different things. And what I've, I've been seeing some of the new sketches come in, and actually, it, it to me, it works really well to have these really unusual, short, sharp, kind of one-minute, two-minute things kind of uh, in, between, in between the stories and the graphics and the information. It actually feels like much better punctuation for the for the, the the movement of the show so it, to me it work it to, it works a lot better and when and- you- so I was going to say, and, and she's she's recently been uh, been freed up so that you could actually use her, which is, is perfect, perfect. Yeah, time. well, it was always going to time out so that uh, it was always going to time out so that we would have her for most of the season. It was kind of planned that way. It just happened so happened that we had her for the whole season. <laughs> Great, because because uh, Elton's show was going to go for six episodes, which I think only would have taken her to next week. I could be wrong. <laughs> as, as I've warned you many times, I would say I could be wrong, but I, we were definitely going to have her for most of the season, but it just. Turned out we got it for a little bit longer. Which, uh, you know, everybody wins in, in that scenario. Courtney, sorry, you, I, I interrupted you. No, no, I'm fine. I'm good. So when you say uh, Elton's show was supposed to only go six weeks, was was that uh, the prediction from the ABC side that there was no way? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, my understanding is he was on the commission for six episodes. <laughs> really? That was, but um, no comment. Too soon, still, too yeah, soon. Can, yeah. can, I ask, can I ask, Brett, the man was up making television at six o'clock this morning. <laughs> No, this is exactly the time to see if I can get this, if I can say something that will get me fired. Absolutely, the time. I don't. I don't want you to get fired. I'm. I, t- I have I, too much dirt on everyone. I can't be. Fired. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mark. Mark. Uh, something that was covered in in the article in the Green Guide was uh, there's been a bit of a a budget cuts there on uh, your production. How much and uh, how are you working around that? It's funny because even though it says there's a, and I know you're going to say, I know this is going to sound like me doing the press release thing again, but even though they say that there's a budget cut, no one said no to anything yet. Like, I think most of the budget cut was absorbed in the fact that we've got less people and a lot of, and that was where it, it went to, but we've still got the same budget to make. Uh, you know the same sketches and locations and props and whatnot. Like I, so just if, list, if list. I yeah, if I, if there has been a noticeable difference in terms of the sort of stuff that I make, I certainly haven't noticed it yet. But um, yeah, it is also the beginning of the season, so we'll, we'll see. But in, from where I stand, it, I think it was mostly absorbed into uh, just uh, reducing down the team, which you know also has its own advantages in the sense like there's a there's a little bit. It's a little bit easier to keep track of what's going on, and you can with less people, and you can craft the show as opposed to everyone makes a thing, and then we kind of have to put it together. With this, it's a where everyone comes together, and we've got twelve people, and we craft the show together, and it makes 
it feels like you're curating an episode a little bit mm. better than just like, and here's the thing about this, and here's the thing about this, and here's the thing about this. Well, can we stick it together? Graphics! So, <laughs> uh, it, it, it actually it moves much smoother now in, in, as a process and as a product, Mark, I think. Mark, this is the point where I try to pretend to know everybody's name. <laughs> it's fine, seriously. Uh, like, this is, is, it's a ridiculous number of names to remember. Is Kirk still going to be doing the, uh, the outdoor black backdrop Yes. Vox Pops? Yes, yes. I love yes. those. Yeah, they were amazing. And it's such a simple slice of... It is like it's a really simple slice of, of, of you know, human nature. It's a really it's a really great sort of... It's like uh, the total opposite of, like, Sam Newman's street talk where he just, you know, <laughs> and goes that's out... That's what and, we were aiming for yeah. when we came up with it. Yeah. It's got that wonderful, genuine sort of engagement with people and, and their actual brains as opposed to mocking morons, which it, is... It know. actually takes an enormous amount of time to do them because you they take a lot of different uh, people and Kirk actually travels all around the country to do, like whenever we go overseas, uh, well, not overseas, whenever we go into state to do other stories, they always block out a bit of time in the afternoon to go do Voxy somewhere. And so, you know, what it's really important to avoid the situation where it's really just reflecting people from Sydney or Melbourne, where it is now reflecting people mm. from all around Australia. And he takes a lot of time to kind of craft exactly what the question is. He kind of goes around the office and goes, so if I asked you, dot, 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 what would you say? And he's, he's got a great instinct about it, and he's, he's really unique in that way, and he manages to get just amazing stories out of people, and I, it's, one, it's one of my favourite parts of the show. Because it is quite an art to ask the right question of people. Like, I think a lot of people don't realise that. They, you know, look at, like, say, uh, Enough Rope and, and see that really good interviewing skill, but they don't realise the amount of time that goes into asking what seems obvious in the right way to get what you want out of it. You're talking about my uh, Triple R show from uh, <laughs> 2000. Yes. Brilliantly crafted Amazing. interviews on, on your show, Josh. Critically acclaimed. Critically acclaimed. Yeah. Yeah. You were robbed of all those AFI and like... I, totally. I, I did find your, your tendency to, to make everybody cry at the halfway point a little bit <laughs> tedious. It doesn't really fit with the comedy show, but I don't know why I did it. No. It was just, you know, it was fun. Mm. The opportunity was there. Mm. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm really glad Kirk's still doing that stuff and then I got his name right. Uh, he just needs a haircut and uh, and everyone's happy. Won't happen. Right. Trust me, trust me. Won't happen. Right. Well, that's it. I'm not watching. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> uh, Hungry Beast Season 3 yes. is Wednesday night, starting no. starting this Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday night, 9.30, ABC1. Uh, we've moved uh, half an hour later because Adam Hills has a one-hour show and we really wanted to swear and show more genitals. So yeah, Awesome. <gasps> is, is there a segment where you're just swearing at genitals? You know what? There isn't now, but come Wednesday, there will be. Sweet. But careful, that's what took down Elton. <laughs> yeah, that's what took down Elton. <laughs> oh, no, they'll also have jokes in they'll their also show. Have jokes. Oh, that, that's genius. Yeah, so that's also, you know, because Elton forgot that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, it'll be repeated on a- ABC2, but check your local guides for those times. And everything available as you go week to week up on the site? Yeah, everything's available. Like, we're quite um, militant about this. Go- obviously, everything goes up on iView, but there's also the YouTube channel where all the stories will be broken down, the Facebook page where we upload all the stories, and, of course, the website, which is abc.net.au slash hungrybeast. Gold. M- Mark Fennell, is, you know what? You can even tell Daniel like this. You are our favourite person to be pooped out by a giant monster. <laughs> <laughs> Greatly. Oh, we're changing the opening titles too, so that may not necessarily be the narrative yeah. this year. Oh, no. You'll just have to wait. You're our favourite person doing something that we don't know what it is yet. Yay! Yay! Oh, if only my mum could hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Tape it. Send it to her. Thanks so much, Mark. No worries. Thanks, guys. See ya.
Hi, this is Genevieve Lemon, and you are listening to Box Cutters, you lucky, lucky people. So there's been a lot of controversy about Box Cutters asking for your money to help out with our costs and time. Most of the controversy has been positive, and that's the best kind. All your kind words and actual cash-related showing of support have been overwhelming. We are overwhelmed. While not quite on our way to owning our own island this week, we were able to pass on some financial love to 3RRR and also to start looking at better hosting options to make downloads faster and more reliable. We provide the show for free every week, but every little bit of help we get to make it better is appreciated, and sometimes that help needs to be financial. We're trying to expand the coverage we give to the world of television, but we need your help. Every dollar you donate to Box Cutters goes to helping keep the wheels turning on the hours of research, planning and coordination that goes into making each episode. Please donate to Box Cutters by going to the website at boxcutters.net and clicking on one of the donate options. It would mean a lot to us and will directly translate to better content for you. Of course, that's not reflected in this episode, but in future episodes, that'll happen. I ain't seen no cash, fellas. I can't read any faster. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, you know. Hello, and welcome to Today Tonight. Every soap, fucking soap, word. Soap and water. Oh, exactly, soap yeah. and water. Hello, and Fuck you. I'm Naomi Robson. Swearing. So, as I uh, intimated at the start of the show, I've been going to the gym. Ah. And, uh, I can tell. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Because you just said... Yeah, <laughs> that's how you know. It's not the six pack. That's no. Still got the keg going. I do still have the keg going on. Uh, which reminds me, I, I went to see. Uh, I, I went to see the author of the Dexter books. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, speak and Jeff something. Jeff Lindsay. Yep. Uh, and uh, and and he said, you know, he he wakes up at three o'clock in the morning and uh, and writes. Because it's better to he, he finds it better to write when he's when he's half asleep mm. uh, because that's when he's in touch with his murdering emotions. Ki- kinda mm-hmm. to me that just said that he uh, he writes like he's half asleep, which is pretty much correct. Burn it. Yeah, totally, Jeff Lindsay. Yeah, you live in your million dollar mansion, in Miami. Uh, Was he wearing that that cheesy Dexter blue shirt? No, he he's on Gordon Street. He he's, he he was wearing uh, just like. It was kind of all denim, I think, but white, white sneakers. Mm. Uh, anyway, he's he's a large man. He said. Oh, so then you know, I write and then uh, I go to the gym and then I come home and uh, make sandwiches. I'm like, you do not go to the gym. Don't, oh, really? Don't like. He just is that was that your main problem with seeing the writer of the Dexter series? Ah. Oh. <laughs> I don't believe you go to the gym. No, that wasn't my main problem. Okay, right. No, but I do had, you say that I had other problems? Works out. Uh, maybe he just oh, goes no, maybe down just, there to pick up chicks. Maybe he just goes to see what a serial killer would do. At yeah, the gym. at the gym. Anyway, I go. Waits. I go to the Imagine gym. Imagine getting him and Brett Easton Ellis together. I like that. He waits because he, he waits mm. and it's waits. Mm. It's like Thank a pun. You. It's a gym pun. Thank you. Well done. I'm a comedian. <laughs> uh, so. Mm. They have the Today Show on the televisions at the gym. They have, they have it on way, way, way too loud, and I don't like it. Uh, and I try to block it out with, with my headphones, but it doesn't always work. They had this guy on from, it was Smile Dental Healthcare. Oh, yeah. They're mm-hmm. tooth whitening specialists. Mm-hmm. They had three minutes interviewing him on why... Tooth whitening at home products don't work. Yeah, so but he could because he his ones that you could buy do because uh, his services yep. work. Yeah, but the ones that don't work don't work. Yeah, yep. Uh, and they had all the products that don't work laid mm-hmm. out in front of him. Mm-hmm. And 
all of their labels were whited out. <laughs> With whitening? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but you couldn't see what any of the labels were. All you could see were the shapes of the packaging. Maybe, maybe the point was he'd used his own brand of whitening products to white out the names of the other products. Oh, maybe. Yeah. His whole three minutes was just, they don't work, they're no good, you should see a professional. And uh, and then at the end, just pointed at himself while they flashed the number at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, but the but clearly, Channel Nine have lots of uh, uh, lots of advertisers who sell yeah. tooth whitening stuff. That's true. Uh, and people in the morning who are brushing their teeth, who have woken up feeling a little bit brown toothed, mm. want some tooth whitening stuff. Maybe there's there are some ads during, so they just haven't shown any of the labels. Are they standing by what this guy is saying? Is there a question on what this guy is saying? Is this journalism at all? Or is this just three minutes more that I'm wasting on the treadmill, never losing weight? Oh, that hang one. on a second. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait. No, that's not what I was talking about. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's three, it was, everything else, they, they spend like eight or nine minutes on gossip from Hollywood. It's a horrible, yeah, horrible, horrible teeth. show. It's, and and then they, there's they have, this thing. They have that, the gay guy that shouts at the camera, or they have the woman that shouts at the camera. It's a lot of camera shouting. It's always it's it's the whatever the new John Mike, John Hollywoodhausen whatever who also used to shout. Uh, yeah, that's the, what I mean. It's that's what it's if you're a, gay now, that's that's the career you can look forward to. Is just it. is just shouting. Shouty Toby, entertainment reporter, Toby. Right. Dream big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, so so the like it's it's just it's so. Frustrating because here is a topic that, yes, could actually have been of benefit to people because maybe there are actually health concerns, but it's 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 not in any way credible when the only source you have is a man who uh, wants, to sell, wants to sell something else, uh, and and you can't actually talk about the products that are doing harm. That there's no you know was he actually talking about the health. He was he was saying that that the other the the other whiteners uh, eat away at the enamel. If your teeth feel smooth after using the whiteners, then that's a problem. And so the stuff he was saying was proper dentistry stuff. But because the main part of his business now is just whitening teeth, Mm. uh, that you know, if they'd had some counterpoint, maybe a dentist saying white teeth isn't necessarily all all that there is. Healthy gums is really important. like it's network television. When I when I worked in network television years back, mm. uh, we would get calls about one of their programs, one of which had a big segment on teeth whitening products, mm-hmm. and uh, I helped a lady out who worked for that business, and she gave me some free teeth whitening products along with other members of, you know, the people who'd done the story. So that's that's what's happening. You want some free teeth whitening stuff? We'll buy a spot on your TV Scrapped. show. That's it. That's all. So you're saying it's it's kind of cash for comment. Yeah. Right. Right. Hello, Media Watch. Yeah. Today's show, cash for comment, tooth whitening controversy. Is they're the banks of the future. <laughs> Looking to cut boxes? Well, you've come to the right place because you're on the box cutters. You've podcasted and you're boxing the cut. You're cutting the box with the box cutters. Ooh, yaka, 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 yaka. Peter Rosethorn, box cutting friend. About a year ago, it was noticed that the actor who plays Artie, the paraplegic guitar player on Glee, is in fact able-bodied. And the world lost its shit. If, by 
The world, you mean, bloggers. On the one side, you had disabled activists and actors who claimed that it was unfair and discriminatory to hire an able-bodied actor for a role that could otherwise be filled by someone with a disability. On the other, people who claimed that it was absurd to say that a disabled role could only be filled by a disabled actor. The way television portrays handicaps and the people they affect has always been, well sketchy at best, downright offensive at middling, and invisible at worst. There have, however, been a few shining moments amongst the murk and mire of modern television. Before we can delve into that giant bag of pancakes, we need to make a distinction. There are disabled characters, and there are disabled actors. And yes, the distinction does matter, because there are many disabled actors for very few disabled characters. And there are even fewer disabled roles that are played by disabled actors. Almost to a T, the disabled roles that are filled by a disabled person are well written and an accurate portrayal of the struggles that those who are disabled faced, while managing not to be preachy, and at the same time portraying the very important point that disabled people are human and don't need to be talked down to or treated like they're made of glass. And I swear to God, if someone pats me on the head again, I'm going to rip out their throat. Now, obviously, I'm making generalizations here. But more often than not, these characters are either brought in for a very special episode, not that very special episodes can't be good, uh, Degrassi was basically just a never-ending string of very special episodes, and remains the best Canadian show ever. Often these characters are just brought in to teach a moral lesson about bullying, or treating people correctly. For a while in the mid-90s and 80s, almost every high school drama had an episode showing the special needs girl getting picked on, or the kid with cerebral palsy being mocked for the way they walk, these dramas also had a special episode showing the slings and arrows associated with not being a wasp, being overweight, or being subtextually gayish and lesbian-esque. And of course, the body image problems of pretty rich white girls. Which sounds a lot like Glee. Honestly, the fact that the actor is able-bodied is not what concerns me. It's the character itself. Artie, throughout the first season, constantly angsted out over being gimpy, and A. decided that his paraplegia was going to be cured in the immediate future, B. constantly wished he could walk and dance, so much so that he went out and bought tap shoes and had an elaborate fantasy dance sequence, and C. wanted to join the football team and was dumped by his girlfriend for a dancer. This could have been an interesting storyline. The struggles of someone who is paralyzed to cope and trying to adjust to the changes in his life when he is unable to pursue former interests. Had he been recently paralyzed, Friday Night Lights had an excellent storyline along this line, but he was paralyzed around the age of six. He is now 16-ish. Trying to find flawed writing and characterization in Glee is like trying to find a piece of hay in a haystack. So, you know. It's interesting to compare that storyline to the one on the new series of Degrassi. That character was also played by an able-bodied actor, as the character was paralyzed mid-series. The story was Glee's polar opposite, and was sad, funny, and well-written. Indeed, throughout its extremely long life, Degrassi has been a haven of well-written disabled characters, mostly because often the characters were made disabled to fit the actor playing it. In every incarnation, there have been characters who are wheelchair-bound or otherwise impaired, and almost to a T have all been played by disabled actors. Another high was Stevie from Malcolm in the Middle, who, as a kid, I loved. 
All sorts of humor came from his health issues, and he was genuinely a kid like the others. The biggest issue, of course, is the fact that you can list all of the disabled characters on contemporary television on one hand. One of the reasons, I suspect, is that executives assume that a show containing a disabled er character will go something like, She was a tall dame, blonde and gorgeous, and she had a wooden leg. Next! And then, the blind girl walks into a door. Waka, waka, waka. Next. He's brilliant, yet angsty, dark, and twisted because he's crippled. Next. Although, in fairness, I think I may have just discovered the pitch for House. I put the question out to my friends on the internet, many of whom were once thug number three in Republic of Doyle, or make coffee and file things at the CBC, and to my sister who has a master's degree in children's television and now works at a puppy shop. And I got the following responses. Response A. Money. B. Disabled people aren't sexy. It's a, it's a Darwinian thing. Response C. Money. Response D. There's no awareness. Response E. People expect to see themselves on screen, and therefore television tends to represent the majority of people. I would take the last one and add that television isn't just expected to represent the people, but to represent an ideal of what society is like, playing off common and recognizable archetypes that are easy to relate to. The majority of popular TV shows are bubblegum, intended to be so short, satisfying, but not substantial. It's possible that you don't see disabled characters for the same reason you don't see a lot of overweight or LGBT characters. They make a quote-unquote middle America, feel uncomfortable. They're just aware enough to know that they're probably not supposed to make or laugh at cripple jokes, but they're not sure of how else they're supposed to react. It's true that it's also a matter of money. Bizarre as it seems, it genuinely costs more to have disabled characters, particularly if they're played by disabled actors. It's one of the reasons why there are so few visible minorities on television. Whenever you have to narrow your casting requirements to specify a disabled actor, it becomes more expensive. There are also complications when designing a set. This particularly becomes a problem when you leave the United States, as in other countries with smaller, less robust television industries, where many shows are simply shot on location. Even though writers may want to include disabled characters, they simply cannot afford to. This may explain why the only currently airing television show to star a person with a disability is a strange little cartoon called Feswick, produced by Nick Jr., which is on at 11 a.m. on Tuesdays, if you have cable. You will notice that all of the shows I mentioned before were aimed at children or teens. When disabled people show up in adult dramas, they tend to be used in one of a few ways. There's the genius cripple, copyright TV tropes, where the character has used his or her brain to compensate for their lack of ability in another area. Often these characters will be one of two extremes either extremely patient and gentle, or dark and acerbic, presumably as a way to deal with the slightly condescending, gentle ways other people relate to them on first meeting. <coughs> House! <coughs> Stealthy. I know. The inverse is, of course, the crippled supervillain, frequently seen in science fiction. This character has usually become ill or injured, and became disabled later in life. They then develop an obsession with revenge or with a cure and their obsession drives them mad, dark and twisted. They then confront the hero from their super space wheelchair, or with their terrifying claw hand. The final, and most irritating, 
is the weirdly precocious child. Seen frequently on crime dramas, soaps, and Grey's Anatomy, this is the kid who has some kind of horrifying and rare congenital disease or defect. Forbidden from playing outside with other children, they have aged beyond their years and go around giving weirdly perceptive and saccharine advice to the adult characters about life being so precious that you need to use the time you have, grab the bull by the horns, tell people you love them, etc, etc. As a former weirdly precocious child with a rare congenital disease preventing me from playing with other children, this annoys me to no end. I took apart a lot of toasters and listen to a lot of public radio, which I'm sure is even more annoying in its own special way. Point is, neither I nor my assorted cripple friends ever dispensed wise and vomit-worthy advice to emotionally constipated adults. We just went to spelling bees. Television is still nowhere near being representative of society as a whole. Cultures, religions, and lifestyles that do not conform to the middle American, heterosexual, white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant ideal are still rare. The amount of minority characters are growing in every category. When it comes to disabled characters, the growth is so slow as to be almost non-existent. Still, I am confident that within the next few decades, as awareness grows, so too will the amount of disabled characters on television. In the meantime, we just have to keep calm, carry on, and watch Degrassi. Coming to you live on tape from Monsieur Flanagan's Communications Lab in Ontario, Canada, this was Sophie for Box Cutters. You read it? You're a godsend. Save you. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. No, Brett, I, I want Courtney to read this one because she's got an excellent reading voice. Really? From Elliot Smith? Uh, you you want to go the Media Watch way where... Uh, People of the same gender read out those... Uh... Oh, I think you've stolen this letter from somewhere else. Let's do it together. <laughs> no, all right, Brett, you, you, read, you read it. I, in don't, your best I don't even have the letter, so I oh, probably can't. But I, thanks. I thought you would have had the letter. I don't. Right. Elliot writes, Hey, box cutters, just a quick Sorry, Brett, can you do it in your, better, in your better voice? Can you give it a bit more energy, Brett? A little bit, little bit more right. energy. Maybe and a little you bit stand more. up, your throat will open up. And uh, and a, a little bit Looking more up, <laughs> and uh, just as as heartfelt as possible, please. Hey, box cutters, just a quick note to say. No, 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 no. Heartfelt. No, this is. Kind of, I'm feeling Heart- it. I'm not. Hey, hey, let's just give him a chance to fuck it up and then okay. do it again. And this is, this is just the build up. And before we go into the in three, <clears throat> two. <clears throat> Elliot Smith writes, "Hey, box cutters, just a quick note to say thanks." Well. Mainly because I've had at least three years of enjoyment out of the podcast and about the same length of time of enjoyment of the video podcast. <laughs> yes, I'm waving to you. There's no video, Elliot. There's... Josh! And feel Shh. it is time to pay back partially for the roughly 140 episodes of entertainment in that time. You've told me what shows to check out, which shows I should avoid, and schooled me up on plenty of TV things. <laughs> I'd love to donate more, but with my city in ruins following last month's earthquake, I feel a duty to help out people here as much as I can for now. In fact, in recent weeks, your podcast has been a good form of respite, or is it respite? Respite. 
from the stress and gloom in the city, including the loss of many staff at our regional television station as their building collapsed in the quake. Just around the corner <laughs> from my This Oakwood. is turned. That's why I wanted it heartfelt. Well, Elliot, Elliot lives in Christchurch. Oh, and you spoiled the end. Oh, so as so, as someone who works in the radio I industry didn't. myself, I appreciate the time and effort that goes into preparing the podcast. Not to mention that you all actually have paid for jobs to fit in somewhere too. Aww. Thank you for the entertainment, box cutters, and I urge everyone to donate what they can. What a guy Jeez. this Elliot Smith is. Oh, he we, should get into music. We got, we got that email uh, last week and uh, I was... Uh, I was sitting there. If everyone who does subscribe to to box cutters, I I send a personal email of of thanks. Everyone who donates, mm-hmm. I like to actually. I, I was thinking about a, a better a better name for them during the week, and I think patron hmm. is you know kind of like a patron of the arts. They're a patron of box cutters. Yeah. Everyone who becomes a patron of box cutters gets a, a a personal email, and so I'm sitting there writing these emails, and uh, and Elliot sent this this email in, and just the. The mere fact that, like, when I saw his donation, I went, I know Elliot lives in Christchurch. He's mentioned that before in, in emails to us. And, I, you know, and I, I'd been in, in very brief Twitter conversations with him to make sure that everyone he knew was all right. And uh, and and when I saw his donation, I <laughs> I really, I just got all teary because... Uh, you know he's he's got other other stuff to to deal with. I was quite That's moved as well. Great. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful email, Elliot. Thank you so much. It's, I mean that that really um, meant meant a lot. And uh, and anything that we can do to uh, help out with Christchurch from where we are, which is very little, except tape TV shows that you're missing, take your mind off the stress. Yeah, we 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 can do that. Just. Yeah. We're just lowly entertainers. We try and make things happy. <laughs> oh, that that turned that turned fake very quickly. <laughs> but really, it, it was it was I, I I got a little bit teary. It was just it was beautiful. Thank you so much, Elliot. If you want to make me cry, send an email to hooray <laughs> at boxcutters dot net or uh, click on the contact us link on the website. There's no form at the moment. Uh, oh. The yeah, was, we've we've gone through a, a, a little bit of an issue, but uh, if you go to, click on the contact us button, there's uh, there's a link there that you can use as well. If you watch one thing. Brett Cropley, if you were going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? Oh, it would only be Hungry Beast 931 on ABC1 on Wednesday night. This week's program explores the theme of secrets. It sounds really good. Mm. Like, legitimately not in a, I'm not paid for this way. It sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark, I mean... Mark can make anything sound good. Mm. I like the way he talked about um, the the having less people to work on it, but building it, you know, right from the ground up instead of sort of making a lot of content and then scratching it together that way. I think yeah, it sounds great. I need to point out that when I said Mark can make anything sound good, I, I, <laughs> I would say Mark can make anything sound good, but this actually did sound good yeah, right. rather than all the other lies that he spreads. <laughs> oh, nice. No, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't yeah, one thanks. of the ones that continually went up and, and said, so when's it coming back? Um, so I was very pleasantly surprised to see uh, in last Thursday that uh, it was coming back this week. I'm very excited. If I was going to watch one thing this week, I would, and people are going to get some deja vu out of this, but I would fly to the US to watch the finale of Top Chef. What? 
I know. I thought it was last week, and I it's this week. Up. I thought. I thought it was. I thought it was a two-part finale. So you would usually have it's a, flown to the US a week early, like a putz, and like, then come back. That's exactly what happened. <sighs> exactly what happened. Are your arms tired? I got or there. What? I got there just <laughs> in time. Just in time for the Top Chef finale on uh, on Wednesday night on Bravo, mm. uh, which is on your basic cable in the in the US. Mm. Uh, and just, what, uh, just in and the went, house. And and I sat there and I watched the whole thing going. Are they going to get one one winner out of this? And then I got to the end of it and went, "Oh, that was just another elimination round." So, 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 did, so this did week, you, did you read that it was the penultimate episode and think that was the better than the best one? Yeah, I'm just like Coming Richard up. Hatch. Yes. Uh, no, it's I, I, I thought uh, I thought just based on the the rhythm of the show that I just based it on uh, on on watching and thinking what was going to go on. But no, it had built up to a frenetic. Yeah, and I was so. I was is it down to a head to head for the actual uh, it's, finale? It's out of three. A head to head, head. Head to head, head. And they're going to have to. I believe you'll find, as they call it in the business. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call it in the chefing, in the TV chefing business. Head to head, head. Uh, Courtney Hawking, if you're going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? Well, I would have flown to the US and flown back in time for this uh, <laughs> to be here and download the final, final, final <laughs> episode of Big Love. Uh, which oh. is finishing, oh, finishing up, up altogether. Really, the final episode of season five, kaput the end. I uh, since I was last here, I watched all five seasons because that's how I roll. Nice, and um, it's you truly you know, are a box cutter. <laughs> I am a lonely woman, and uh, it's an amazing series, and I'm fascinated to see how they end it all up. So I I would recommend anyone download it. Look, download the last episode, watch that, and then go back and start again. <gasps> Make Why it not? like Memento. Just watch everything backwards. <laughs> And draw in your arms about the polygamists. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Mmm, pork. Tasty, tasty pork. I want that crackling. You had had a couple of items that you wanted to bring up before... uh... Uh, yes, uh, strangely enough, and uh, who could have seen that coming? Uh, the credibility of uh, an anti-piracy report is uh, in in somewhat of question, uh, which has been uh, been touted around Australia uh, for the amount of uh, uh, piracy that Australian consumers are into, how much they're stealing from yeah. uh, the big studios and uh, and recorders. Uh, the the company that uh, has been named as having done the study seems a little bit shady. Sphere Analysis. Uh, it's a. Uh, it, it seems to have only just kind of popped up uh, October last year, and uh, and and maybe not uh, really a creditable kind of research. <laughs> did did they base, did they base tra- everything on a Robert Louis Stevenson book? Uh, no, they base everything on the figures that the uh, RIAA and MPAA and uh, maybe APRA and PPCA want to, uh, oh, to put forward uh, with their lobbying to right. stop have downloaders. You, have you ever used a company to investigate piracy that wasn't quite right? <laughs> hey! <laughs> That's totally a bit. You could use that as a bit. Use it as a bit. Thanks, guys. With the uh, political asylum. 
Oh, yeah. Coming with up. Political Asylum, which a guy at my work reminded me to tell you guys about on air. And I was like, yeah, that's the sort of thing I should know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've got our like extravaganza show at the Comedy Festival on the 2nd of April at 11 o'clock at the Melbourne Town Hall. It's going to feature Toby Halligan. It's going to feature me, Rod Quantock, a special Australian <gasps> TV star guest. Who I'm not allowed to say, but if you buy me a drink, I will. And um, Craig McLaughlin, is it Craig McLaughlin? <laughs> yes. No. Uh, it's not Ben Elton either, promise. He's um, not Australian. He is now. He's got citizenship. <laughs> uh, you've got citizenship. Yeah. D- anyway, whatever. So, yeah, it's going to be really awesome. And so if you like comedy or you like me, come, come. It'll be really good. Uh, just very quickly, uh, in the US, the Republicans in the uh, one of the houses, the Republican-dominated House of Representatives passed NPR. a bill blocking public funding to uh, the National Public Radio. Yeah, they'll be oh, better yeah. off without it. Ira Glass uh, won't have any money. What yeah, do you he'll, want? He'll have... He'll have the same pittance that, that they currently have at NPR. You just started talking in your Ira Glass voice when you did that. Yeah, I know. I'm Ira Glass. <laughs> You're listening yeah. to NPR in our, Chicago. Our sponsorship this week in uh, three acts. First act, <laughs> give us money. Second act, why the Republicans are no good. Brought Final to you act. by our interim Toby chief executive. Halligan. You know what her name is? Trotters. Joyce Slocum. Mrs. Slocum <laughs> is the interim Toby chief executive Halligan. at the NPR. They're getting $5 million. The fucking Republicans want to rip it off to- them. What? Ass hats. Mm. It's, it'll be, they get 2% of mil. their funding. They like get they're two, doing a bill two per hour 2%, 2% of their funding comes from the government. They'd be yeah. better off without it because then they're not answerable to the government. Mm. Everyone's happier. Toby Halligan. Hello. I, I Hello. Still, I still would like a proper intro at some point. Well, you know what? I did a proper intro. You didn't like it. You can get stuffed. Well, can we, can we play the proper not shit? Can Beep. we play your intro? Yeah, no. Why are you so needy? What the Fine. the blown out ones? I just I just spend a lot of time listening to you guys and writing jokes about what you've said. Well, you cannot. Well, Courtney, can you give him a hug? <laughs> I think he needs a hug. You're not very nice, Josh. Joshua Canal. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I've got a lot of interesting things this week. <laughs> the first is I totally did. You know, here's an interesting quote here regarding secrets. Three may keep a secret. If two of them are dead. That's a Benjamin Franklin quote. He was a pretty smart guy. So my question is, will it be Mark Fennell or Dave Ellick that winds up dead by Dan. the end of the first time? Dan Ellick, Dan Ellick. Whatever. Alec. Shut up. Don't interrupt me. Oh, my can God. I just, can I also See, point if out... If I ben, had an intro, if I had an intro to this... Yeah. Uh, ben Franklin was a smart man, but he also did tie a key to a kite and then go out into an electrical storm. And he <laughs> fucked his slave. So it's a proof of point. Hey, come on. That's what boy. you do in a party when you was what they did back then. We'd all have been there. Tug of Warburton. Party. Look, apparently there have been explosive claims made Warburton. about... Can I, how good was that joke? Tug of Warburton. That, that is such a good joke. Sorry. Seriously. Look, apparently there are going to be I'm a sorry, lot of explosive... that was not as, good as, not as good as Courtney's key party joke. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that was a pretty good joke, <laughs> yeah. too. I pay that. Yeah, no, I, I do pay yeah. that. Um, uh, apparently explosive claims are going to be made, so I wanted to preempt those by making some even more ones. Uh, Mr. Leckie was once quoted as saying... I'm David Leckie, and many people don't like me. He then rubbed toothpaste all over himself and began rubbing himself in an erotic fashion. He also insisted on edible furniture, and once threw a chair made of licorice at Kerry Stokes' right-hand man, a sock puppet named Mr. Smiles, who's responsible for firing staff at Channel 10, and does so by giving them a cupcake made of human hair. There are explosive claims. All of them are a lie, 
Right, right. I enjoyed. I just wanted to. I, I, I'm, I'm making all the mistakes here. How many episodes would Two and a Half Men? Well, Two and a Half Men costs about four million dollars in production. So the answer is one hundred and sixty-eight point seven five. So you were right. Yeah, you were, you were pretty you close. London, but you were well, right. No, he wasn't right. His ego will get too big. No, no, you were, you were, you were close. Can't be, get bigger than this. No, so no, it certainly can't. Really can't. Um, now, so Larry King's going to be excellent. A, you're amazing. See, you're come on, girls, person. settle down. Um, Larry King's going to be a contributor. I I think that'd probably mean he'll be like Lewis Black style. So Lewis Black shows up oh, as a okay. contributor. Like I think he's done, you know, ten to fifteen segments in mm-hmm. the last kind of hundred shows. So he'll show up and do a little kind of bit, basically. I suspect. Now the question that was asked before was uh, if Ro- Robert uh, Rupert Murdoch was a robot, which would he be? Which I think I think it's an important question. Mm-hmm. Would he be Megatron, Emperor of Destruction, an MQ One Predator, which is an unmanned aerial vehicle that the United States military uses to kill people in Afghanistan? Would he be Astro Boy or would he be the Daleks? Daleks. 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 Girls. Daleks. Okay, what 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 show what show is the Daleks from? <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Ha. <laughs> Trumps. I think I think he'd be Astro Boy because a lot of people don't realise that Rupert Murdoch can actually shoot lasers out of his ass, which was actually the cause of his divorce with Patricia Booker. Anyway, uh, I, I, on. I think he'd be Megatron. Yeah, no, he definitely because would be. he answers to no one. Yeah, he answers to and no one and controls everything. And he has a huge gun in his shoulder. A lot yeah. of people don't see it, but he actually um, and he yeah, can turn into missiles. a van. <laughs> 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 he drives around with Wendy Ding inside him. Ooh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a oh, mind yeah. picture. None that's of the listeners image. need. That's I have a personal name. stories about Jane Penn leaders. Um, when we were <laughs> taking pictures for our comedy festival show last year, um, James Penn Leedy said, uh, it was my moment for the solo shot. He said, okay, okay, now give me a big smile, a big smile. And I did. And he said, oh, man, no, 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 no. You look like a sex offender when you <laughs> do not do that. Do not do that anymore. And to be fair, I got some great shots out of it, but also quite a lot of personal trauma. Um, Jimmy Pan, photographer to the comedy stars. <laughs> yeah, but he's actually a great photographer, but he's not a great therapist. Um, <laughs> so we were talking about John Stewart running for office. Interestingly, he's not the first comedian who's done that. Al Franken is another very successful comedian who has successfully he was, run. He was Franklin in uh, Arrested Development, wasn't he? Um, the puppet. Yeah, maybe it was. I'm not sure, Max. You're not sure about that. Come on, that was a good joke, and none of you got it. Um, someone no, out there is uh, going to get that, and that's going to be hilarious. One over the and rainbow. Um, Fra- Franklin was a black puppet. Yeah, Al Franklin. Job's. Al Franklin's Jewish and white. It's funny. It's, they're it's different. They're they don't even Jews look alike. They don't even look alike. There's Moving a- along. Um, here's a quote from Franklin. Uh, Franken. Um, he said he learned that 21% of Americans, this is in about early 2000s, received most of their news from talk radio, then an almost exclusively conservative medium. Said Franken, I didn't want to sit on the sidelines. I believed Air America could make a difference. And um, he wound up eventually uh, running for the Senate and defeating Norm Coleman by 300 votes. John Stewart, it seems like, is kind of moving in a similar direction. Like he's challenging Fox News and is, you know, perhaps, I, I think, I don't think it's completely implausible. Like, because Al Franken, you know, he could be following the Al Franken path. Norm, I really like Norm Common was the one that did the weekend update with on in on Sorry, was SNL. It? Was that him? Was that Norm? Yeah, we can no, that's, that. that's no, 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 no. Norm Coleman is not not a my mistake. My mistake. Comedian versus Carry comedian. Um, now yes, the uh, senator who I would, I, I would vote for Norm Macdonald though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Norman yeah. Gunston. I, yeah. I'd vote for Norman Gunston as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in I'd fact, Norman Gunston 
when he wanted the because no one Gunston won the Gold Logie. Mm-hmm. Gold Logie is uh, you know a, a made up award that Australians give to each other and uh, spray painted chocolate. And Norman Gunston is a made up person, and he's the only fictional character to ever win the Gold Logie. Wow. And the only reason he won the Gold Logie is because he launched a campaign on his own show for people to write in to make him win the Gold <laughs> Logie. <laughs> well. I think we've got an example there for Stewart to follow if he wants to win a fictional uh, award. I, I think I think John anyway. Stewart is is much better chance to win a gold logie than he is. <laughs> yeah, to, uh, actually, Lisa McKinnon run for cut office. that bitch. Now that now, Lisa, uh, the earlier we were talking about um, an African American member of the House of Representatives who has recently been in some trouble, and um, that was Charlie Rangel. He's a member from New York. He's been in the House of Representatives since um, 1971. He was one of the most senior Democrats. He was actually. Um, head of the Ways and Means Committee, which is one of the most important roles in Congress. And he was found guilty by the House of 11 counts of violating House ethic rules because he had an apartment that he was using to campaign out of that he hadn't declared for tax purposes. So it was just clearing that up before. Now, Josh, just to finish on, uh, this isn't funny, but this is kind of a legal thing. What you were talking about with the reason why they were covering up all the brand names. Now, mm-hmm. I first think he, think that was to avoid lawsuits, but I also think that's because um, according to the ACCC and the Trade Practices Act, um, basically uh, there's a fine line between making false claims about different kinds of products and puffery. For example, puffery is a term that's used to describe wildly exaggerated, fanciful or vague claims for a product or service that nobody could possibly treat seriously. So this guy could have gone on his show and said, this is the only way of whitening your teeth that will actually whiten your teeth successfully. And because he blanked out all of the names of the other products, it's just puffery. He's not making a specific claim. Whereas if he'd say, said, hey, this brand of toothpaste won't make your teeth whiter, then that would be a specific claim and it would stop being puffery. So by covering up all the names of the other products, he firstly wasn't at risk of being accused by the makers of those products and sued by them. And secondly, it just counted as puffery. He could just stand around saying, my magical method is the best magical method. <laughs> Ooh, and he couldn't be sued by anyone. So that's that, that, I think, is why they did it. And it might be advertising stuff as well, but um, they guaranteed they avoided a lawsuit as well. Right, mm. right. Still a waste of everybody's time, though. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right. I concur. It's, I the entire Today Show. In fact, just, just calling it puffery yeah. is... Sounds uh, like pastry. Puffery is a cool word. Though, yeah, it sounds it? like pastry. It sounds like the Children Penguins books. does. <laughs> 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 That's the Trade Practices Act for you. It was written by Dr. Zeus. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 261. Yes. I... I, I, I Toby talking about the drone uh, uh, robot possibility reminded me of uh, reminded you of how I just said it's the end. Sorry, just quickly four lines. Check it out. It's funny. It's good. Uh, it's from Chris. What's his face from Blair? The third eye. Morris. Not third eye. Chris, Chris Morris. Morris. Yes. Chris Morris. Brass eye. Um, it's four lines. It's a film. Yep. Oh, yeah. 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 That's yeah. Is a Wookiee a bear? It's context. <laughs> <laughs> it's context. I cried. Thanks. I cried. That still brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode <laughs> 261. I want to say thanks very much to Mark Fennell for calling in while sleep deprived. I also want to say thanks to Sophie Jeffros for, I'm assuming it's Jeffros, I've never asked. Jeffros? Jeffros. Jeffro. Uh, yeah, why not? For, uh, uh, for sending in that report about uh, disabilities on television. 
Thanks very much. Uh, next week on Box Cutters, you will hear our live in the studio special that was performed slash recorded slash done not in at this Acme. Not in this studio. In it was a done, TV studio. It was no. done at Studio One, the TV studio at the Australian Centre for the Moving Image. So you can listen to that next week. Then we're going to take a couple of weeks off. Then we'll be back fresh-faced, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, full of caffeine and raring to go. Back with the uh, full season. Yeah. Of box cutters. It'll be the full season of box cutters. Hooray! Nice, nice work, Brad. Nice work. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. My name's Courtney Hocking. <gasps> my name is Toby Halligan. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards. Brett Cropley is our audio engineer. Peter Wilson coaxes all the bits out of our servers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell everyone you know and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That will help other people find us and would mean a lot. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world. Find them in Melbourne, Australia on 102.7 FM or at rrr.org.au. There are lots of ways you can contact us and you'll find them all at our website at boxcutters.net. P.S. Before I get yelled at by the internet, I use the word cripple in much the way, the way other communities use words I'm not even comfortable thinking, i.e. with the intent of reclaiming it. I do so without malice or negative intent, so please, for the love of God, don't beat me up on Twitter. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.